0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place.
2: 5, 4, 3,
1: 2, one. Welcome to the Adam and Aaron's 4 Are you ready for it? Now, here is Adam and Aaron. and Aaron. Ellen. And Aaron.
0: All right, so good evening, everybody. It is uh, Friday, September, I'm sorry, March 11th, 2022, and this is the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast, and we are uh, happy to have you here with us tonight. Uh, breaking news, of course, came yesterday as uh, something we have been wishing for on this show for the last uh, 99, now going on 100 days, and that is Major League Baseball has finally ended its lockout as they came to a new Collective bargaining agreement. We're going to have a lot of discussion about that here tonight, among many other topics, of course, uh, with uh, NFL quarterback changes uh, and, of course, uh, many other things that have gone on as well. Before we get started here tonight, though, we cannot have the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast without Alan. And Alan is with us here tonight. Uh, Alan, good evening. How are you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Really glad to be here. Excited about this Friday night. We get a chance to have another show on the Allen & Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Definitely want to go ahead and give credit to our sponsor, Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addictive, you may need a support group. So we want to thank Chef G for his support of the Allen & Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We have a great show lined up for you tonight, and we'll go ahead and get it started.
0: Absolutely, and I also want to thank Chef G, too, uh, his Barbecue Sauce as you mentioned, uh, the support group, we're going to have to get that going here. We're going to have to start a face, uh, Facebook group for the support group for uh, the barbecue <laughs> sauce uh, going forward. So uh, delicious stuff there for sure. Um, so as I mentioned there uh, a moment ago, uh, we are done with the lockout for the last, uh, I don't know, we probably did a dozen shows um, December or thereabouts. And um, during that time, you know, we thought this thing was over and it looked like it was never going to end, and I'll be real honest with you, even coming into uh, yesterday and the day before, I thought, you know what, there's a pretty good chance that we're not going to see, not necessarily a whole year, but we're not going to see what we normally would have seen, and I was starting to think back to two years ago uh, when, you know, COVID struck and everything shut down, and then we got into June and then into July, and, you know, it looked like there was going to be no season then, and this almost looked, bleaker than that did going into this week. Um, thankfully, cooler has prevailed. Um, still not happy with the players or the owners, but that's a whole other story. We'll push that aside for the sake of everything now returning to normal, so to speak. And, of course, the free agent frenzy and the trade frenzy and all of the player movement will begin as uh, pitchers and catchers and players will begin reporting for most teams, I believe on Sunday, um, every organization is a slight bit different, but most players will be in their camps, probably no later than Monday, unless of course, they haven't signed or been traded yet. so um, but, uh, how happy are you for this? This is probably like a kid in the candy store kind of day for me. How, how do you feel
2: about it? <laughs> yes i'm I'm very excited about it. I'm so glad baseball did like cool ahead for bail. They decided to go ahead and have a season season. I'm like you. I really didn't think this was going to happen basically based on the fact that they had already canceled the first two series. Then they said that they were going to cancel up until April 14th. I was highly skeptical at that point that a deal was going to be done. I felt as if a deal was going to be done at some point, but I felt like it was going to be much later in the the year, probably around May, June or so, where it kind of hurt their pockets on a day-to-day basis. But cooler heads prevailed. I'm happy for baseball. I'm happy for the fans. They didn't let this thing disrupt everything. Now that COVID's over, you have no excuses. So kudos to baseball for at least getting that right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And here's kind of the timeline of how things will go. So yesterday was uh, March the 10th. Uh, 2022 and just want to throw this out there as a strange coincidence we always hear these uh, funny jokes and memes about chuck norris yesterday was his 82nd birthday and the major league baseball lockout ends on the same day coincidence i think not but uh, we'll leave that one for another time Um, the timeline is going to be this pitchers and catchers and players will report uh, either sunday or monday to most teams Um, games will begin either next friday or saturday depending on which uh, team you are It'll be about a a two-and-a-half to three-week spring training. I believe they're doing uh, 18 total games, so it's a slight abbreviation of what normally would have happened. Um, About 10 to 12 games fewer. It'll be a ramped-up camp. Um, I expect that over the weekend, you're going to see a ton of player movement. I know that uh, Clayton Kershaw has already re-signed with the Dodgers. There's a bunch of other stuff that's going to happen. It's going to be one quick move, 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 move after another, Um, and then Games will happen really quickly. And then opening day is April 7th. So um, here for reaction tonight to story we've been talking about for the last uh, three months is our good buddy, Mr. Lou. And Lou, uh, how are you this evening? What are your thoughts on this uh, breaking news from yesterday?
1: Well, I guess it is. Play ball. <laughs> and we're going to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it didn't, it didn't look anything like, you know, from a week ago. I mean, they talked for 17 hours on Tuesday, and the one, they said, sorry, we can't do it. And then there was, you know, uh, this other thing that was going on, like, okay, and yesterday was like, well, they solved the international deal. Maybe I thought, okay, they solved this deal, which was a big sticking point. Maybe they can get this done. So we went from almost having the second week canceled. Now we're having the season. I mean, it has been, one, it has been, very one, very strange off season with this, but finally we're getting, we got it done. Hallelujah.
0: So now that it's done, um, and again, a lot of things are going to happen. We're going to hear rumors, uh, left and right. Of course. Who goes where, who signs, where, what, uh, what trades happen, yeah. what dominoes fall first?
1: That could be anything, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that has, to, you know, uh, Get there. Well, you know that um, I just heard with uh, Kershaw, he's signed with the Dodgers for another year. The only team he's ever known, and he's still going to be with them.
2: Huh. Yeah, that's impressive. Anytime you can have a guy as well known and definitely a guy who's a stud like Kershaw, for him to go ahead and sign up again, that's not easy because he's not cheap. Oh, so who goes to the Dodgers for signing Good up for another year. Good no
1: cheap, though, fellas. Yeah, that's right.
2: I'm really curious to hear from both of you something about the the lockout agreement was the shifts are now banned. What are both – we'll start with you, Lou. What are your thoughts on the shift now being banned?
1: Well, I don't quite follow that, the shift being banned. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm too familiar with that, that term. Could you uh, reiterate that for, for someone who oh, uh, understand that?
2: Yeah, basically, you know what happens is if you were doing a defensive shift for a player that say he's a righty oh. and he pulls the ball, now you're not allowed to do the defensive shifts in Ooh. baseball now. That's part of the I agreement.
1: Like I think I like and that. I think you need a defensive shift. I think you need that.
2: Yeah, so 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 you like the idea of no shifts now, no defensive shifts basically.
1: No, I think I, I think we should have kept it the way it was. I mean, I don't know if I like that not having a defensive shift. I mean, it takes away a strategy from the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would think, agree. I don't think it's a good move at all. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I don't agree. Well, like... you
0: know, to put some what context to yeah, I was gonna say to put some context to it. My understanding, and I don't think I've yet seen an exact uh, breakdown of all the new. Changes in rules under the bases are supposed to also be bigger. I'm not sure exactly why that's being done. It may be a safety reason. Um, I'll have to look into that a little bit more. Um, the shift rule, uh, banning the shifts, uh, will not start, I believe, until 2023. So it'll continue this year. Now, for clarification, though, um, the banning of the, the shifts, it's not banning shifts altogether. So you can still have a short – like okay. you, have a, you still have a left-handed hitter at the plate, and you want to have – a shift on you can still pull your third baseman over to short you just can't have your shortstop going across second base same thing with your your uh uh, second baseman if there's a right hand hitter you can't have them pass you know the 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 plane of home plate to first base that makes me or sorry home plate to uh to second base if that makes sense you can't go past that imaginary line um i think i get it so it's extreme shifts They're banning uh, you still have to, I mean, you have to have the ability to have a, a, a guy play in deep second base or deep short, you know, that those are things that are going to happen. Um, it's just what they're doing is essentially taking away a situation where what typically will happen when they have a, an over shift or a, um, you know, a, a, an extreme shift, you'll take the shortstop and he'll play basically right behind the second base bag. The second baseman will play you know, a little bit further back, more towards the right center field side. And then you have your third baseman who abandons his position completely, and he'll go play basically shallow right field while the first baseman kind of plays even with the line. And the idea of it is is that that hitter statistically and analytically always hits the ball somewhere in one of those spots. They, they basically put those guys in those positions. And I've always thought, you know what, if I'm going to be up there at the plate and they're going to play me like that, I'm laying down a bunt to third yeah. base, and I'm, I'm walking to the back because the only guy who's going to be able to feel the ball at that point is the pitcher, maybe the catcher if I don't bunt it far enough. But, um, yeah, I do, I do agree. Uh, I, I'm not sure I have a full opinion on this uh, one way or the other, but I do agree with Lou that it does seem to hurt some of yeah. the strategical parts of the game, which I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch over the next couple of years. Is the manager even going to matter anymore? You know, because we're doing away with the pitcher, pitcher hitting. Uh, and if we're doing away with shifts, then, you know, if it's all analytical at this point,
1: what is the manager there for? So we'll
0: have to see what happens.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. then you're going to start using robot umpires and whatnot. That's kinda <laughs> really ruin the game now. Ooh, I can hardly <laughs> wait for a short circuit to happen, though. No. No. Yeah, I'm
0: hearing that that was that was taken off the table the the uh, good robot ump thing that was definitely uh, something now, they wanted to do If you to want to use with. a
1: robot umpire, if you want to use a robot broadcaster, replace Joe Buck. I'm all for that, but don't don't <laughs> get a robot umpire. Oh oh, okay. Sorry, Joe. Ah, not really. <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> People are pretty hard on Joe Buck, but I I, I think Joe Buck is actually yeah, a very good commentator. Hey, you should have seen with, with, with the act with Eric. Oh, that was even that was even worse. Oh boy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we trash we trash to talked to him every week. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But nevertheless, you know it's great to see baseball back. I mean, I wasn't. nobody was expecting baseball back until at least June. At least I didn't say June of what year. I just said June. You know, they were just arguing and bark bark up the wrong tree and everything. And, you know, it didn't look much progress was even made until just a few days ago. So it's been been a complete turnaround. I mean, the last time I saw that happen, um, well, I think the uh, NBA was – one one league was in trouble. And they – I think it was the NFL. They uh, had problems, but – The day before it was supposed to start, they they made a deal. All we were supposed to was the the Pro Bowl game. But then – well, I mean the Hall of Fame game. But, you know, that was it. So we went from having the season, you know, starting very late to just missing one game. So it can happen. You know. Yeah, yeah. Just when you think it's, you know, it's at death's door. And like, uh, well, uh, we got this right here. We got a deal.
0: Well, we're all glad it's happening, and I know that I um, have already been, uh, believe it or not, I'm sure most people do believe this, I, I've already been looking into attending uh game or two or several uh, over the next well, couple of sure. weeks, uh, being down here in sunny Florida as opposed to being up in not-so-sunny New Jersey. So, <laughs> um,
1: uh, Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured that. So who, who do you think goes where? I know we, we kind of hit, hit at this before. You, we've got, uh, you know, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, a um, bunch of free agents that are still out there. Is there... Oh, well, yeah,
1: I heard Freeman's going to try and go somewhere else. Oof.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing the Dodgers right now are pretty, uh, pretty high on him. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: Which, you know, doesn't surprise me. They have deep pockets in Los Angeles. Um, right. Then you've got uh, Chris Bryant, who's out there. You've got... Um, let's see who else is high on the list there. There's some pitchers in there too. Zach Grinky's out there. I mean, he may be you know thirty six, thirty seven yeah. years old. He's still still a pretty good pitcher even at that age. And, and Kershaw, that was a good deal for the Dodgers. Uh, they got him for seventeen million for one year, and he's a first pound Hall oh, of Fame pitcher, as far as I'm concerned. So
1: yeah, seventeen million for a year, though. Hmm. Well, I'll take baby it. <laughs> yeah. But of course, you got to ask yourself, how much more does he have left in him?
0: I think he's got a few more years. I mean, you think of uh, this—he's—he's only thirty-four. You know, he—he is probably that's kind of
1: like that's kind of like borderline for you know, even for a pitcher. Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: some of the best ones, you know, pitch deep into their thirties and sometimes even into their. You know, into their forties, so it's going to be, you know, depending on what he wants to do, he's going to have to reinvent himself a little bit. He's not going to be able to throw the fastball to the same degree that he has um, for his entire career. But you know, I'm looking at it right now. He turns 34 here in about a week, um, and he's got uh, in his career 185 wins. So he, I, I look at Kershaw. I look at the the way that pitching is going to definitely change in this new game. 300 wins is going to be something that's going to be almost next to impossible going forward. He might be one of the last guys that has an outside chance of that. He's got to pitch probably another seven, eight years in order to do it. So, eh, outside chance, but he's definitely but a At 34,
1: I don't know he's got that much left in him.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, he's, he's got great numbers. He, he should get to 200 wins this year. And he's uh, yeah. probably next year at 3,000 strikeouts. So, yeah, it is.
1: But he's gotta stay hot. You know, he can't get any injuries or what not, or fall in these slumps and whatnot, so if he's gonna do it, he's gotta he's gotta you know, stay healthy and whatnot. Two hundred is reachable. Three hundred, no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like three hundred would be kind of uh he'd have to really go on a hot streak for the next several years. I think two fifty yeah, is probably I don't think got
1: that much confidence.
0: I think two fifty is more of a doable number. I think two fifty is the new three hundred at this point. You just you don't see starting pitchers
1: do yeah, that. Is doable.
0: Yeah, you just don't see pitchers go that deep into games anymore. The way that the bullpen has well, has changed. Your your you ask your ace. The whole complex of in the in
1: game and, has changed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you I mean, right about that. Pitching, Relief pitching. Yeah, is almost like, uh, more important and more uh, more yeah. um, lucrative than uh, than starting pitching is at this point. So.
1: Yeah. It's not like when we were young. or when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well Lou, what's coming up on your um, on
0: your program uh, here tomorrow? Well,
1: we're gonna discuss the happy news of course of the base of the uh of the baseball agreement. I was gonna say the ongoing of the lockout. Now I don't have to. Thank goodness. Uh <laughs> we're gonna of course talk about um what's left of the NFL combine. We got the NFL trades that are happening. Oh boy's been a lot of big trades. Uh, the college basketball season is coming to an, uh, regular season is coming to an end. We've got the conference uh, championships going on right now. Actually, I'm currently watching the uh, Big East semifinal against uh, with UConn and Nova, so this should be pretty good. And um, we'll do some UFC um, UFC bouts, of course, and of course a few of our other features. And remember, the number to call is five one two five four three four six six two. Number again five one two five four three four six six two. If you got time, it's Five and Seven, call in. It doesn't cost you a cent. Except nerve, dignity, pride, self respect, you know, none of the important stuff. That. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. There you, go. you get you I love guys it. get the idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: The Enhanced Sports Show, that's right. From 5 to 7, Eastern Standard Time Zone tomorrow. Eastern
1: Time, people remember that, Eastern Time. Not Central, not not Pacific, Eastern Time. Some of you don't get that right.
2: Sure.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> and that's a uh, phone, phone number 512-543-4662. And that's 512-543-4662. Definitely support our great buddy Lou. We always truly appreciate him joining us on the Allen Aaron Sports of Greatest Show. So look out for his show tomorrow, East and time zone between 5 and 7, Saturday.
1: All right, gentlemen, thanks.
2: You're
0: very welcome, Lou. Really appreciate you.
2: Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. All right, my good right. buddy Lou, thank you for joining us again here tonight. Uh, always a pleasure to have him on the program. And, of course, uh, definitely uh, tune in to uh, his show, as he mentioned there before, uh, tomorrow evening uh, here on again the eastern time zone so um, but uh, back to baseball here um, you know just very happy it's been a, I've been in a pretty happy mood myself for the last 24 hours or so um, it's a good time of year wish I'd started a little bit sooner I typically try to get uh, to a couple games at the very beginning of spring just because you know it's just a, the crispness of the air and the you know you know time of year where it's just a fun time and now all that's starting so uh what are you most looking forward to uh alan in spring training and just the baseball season in general
2: yeah with well, me then the nice thing about it is you know i guess we're gonna have a shortened spring training but it's the fact that the boys of summer are out there seeing the highlights seeing the competition you know the, baseball itself actually is my favorite sport but what has happened over the last couple of decades with baseball, starting with the round, I guess, the 93, 94, when they had that big strike, I could have had the year off, but it, it's kind of hurt itself because of these labor agreements and these work stoppages, baseball has exploded financially, guys making, you know, contracts that are unheard of over 300 million plus. And for those things to be the things that are stopping guys from playing Owners want more. The players want more. It's kind of disheartening. The fact that they said, "Okay, we're going to make some adjustments. We're going to go ahead and let bygones be bygones. We want we want to go ahead and play." This took movement on both sides in any agreement. I'm excited that baseball is back. The the competition, the boys of summer. I'm excited about seeing a game at the Ray Stadium. You know, I'm excited about that. I'm and definitely having baseball back is, is something that I, I'm, I'm really, really happy for. Instead of us going the whole summer talking about how greedy these guys are, we actually have the game back. So good good for baseball, really, really proud. I'm hoping we don't have to do these labor agreements anytime soon and we can all move on from here.
0: Yeah, it'll be at least another five years. Uh, this is a five-year agreement apparently um, before we have to deal with anything like this again. And hopefully they can come up with some um, – compromises between now and then that will keep it going so that there is no even potential for another work stoppage going forward um i gotta tell you my my favorite time of the year sports wise is this time of year right now we just finished the super bowl year football season you know month or so ago um you got the NCAA tournaments beginning i know there was some sec tournaments in tampa today um pitchers and catchers are reporting it's that transition time of the year we're going from one sport to the next and this year the special thing is get to uh hoist the world series banner in atlanta so i'm I'm really excited about that but just in general to have the sport back you know for me having grown up watching the game every single night and with the media access that we have now with you know the the streaming services there's a game on pretty much every night or every afternoon or, you know, whatever, obviously you have a few off days during the season, which you get a little bit of a break, but it's nice to have that, that entertainment, you know, it kind of takes me back to when I was a kid Um, kind of has never left me in that sense. So, Um, but it's exciting. Uh, You know, you talked about being able to see games at ballparks. I'm actually going on a long road trip here in July. Um, Call me crazy. I'm driving out to Colorado and on the way making a couple of stops in St. Louis, Kansas City, and, of course, eventually we'll end up out in Denver. And I'm happy to be able to cross a few more ballparks off of my um, ballpark tour list. Uh, All three of those places will be uh, off the list after this summer, so... Very happy that they were able to get this uh, resolved so that that trip can continue to go on with that as something that is a focal point for myself and for my family. And then, of course, my kids, I like to share those things with them. And I know that's one of the big things about it that people were talking about so you know, so much is, like, look, all the, the, the kids, all the, the people who like to see things they've never seen before, and they're missing out on those things with the game being stopped. So thankfully, everybody has come together and agreed, and now we can move on and watch what happens next.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, whether you agree with some of the new changes or you don't, it's still okay. It still goes to a backseat to the fact that they're playing baseball again. So I'm glad that you get a chance to do this long road trip and go ahead and travel, see all these baseball stadiums. That's going to be a really cool, fun trip for you and the family. And definitely that's something that I'm excited about, too. I I really want to go to Colorado and um, definitely see see the state. But that's great that you're going to do that because you'll let me know what places to come visit. Oh, definitely. And I'll be, uh,
0: be, you know, obviously pictures and all kinds of comments and things like that will be from this trip coming up here in uh, just a few more months. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. And, you know, I did one of these uh, about three years ago too where I got to go to, let's see, Wrigley Field, uh, Miller Park, and went to Detroit, didn't get to see a game 'Cause they weren't in town the Tigers but um went back down through Cincinnati, saw a Reds game and then Atlanta, of course to the end and then back here home to Florida. Uh was a crazy long road trip but a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. You don't get to do those things very often, so um take advantage of it while you're young and while you can and <laughs> while everybody's still wanting to do it kind of thing. So um but uh, that'll be that'll be a fun thing to go uh and, and be able to do and uh, I know we talk about a lot of baseball stuff here. Obviously, between now and next week, when we do our next show, next Friday night, I would anticipate that there will be a lot of player movement, trades. A lot of the big free agents will be signed. Um, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, Zach Grinke. Um There's a whole slew of guys that are going to be getting a lot of money here. A lot of money is going to be thrown around um, in the next couple of weeks probably a billion dollars and more or more in total contracts so um good uh, good for those guys to be able to get that stuff uh settled and you know get what they were desiring as far as the monetary stuff's concerned so moving right along um kind of what we expected uh maybe not as much now it's kind of frozen a little bit it seems like but nfl free agency has started and we've started to see some some things happen there what are your reactions to the early uh, movements in the quarterback area.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Aaron Rodgers staying where he's at. I, I wasn't really a surprise to me. I guess it was somewhat of a surprise, but the the length of the contract, I guess, was the bigger surprise to me that they they actually gave him four years at his age. Not that he's not productive, but I was I was somewhat surprised at the. Packers going all in for Aaron Rodgers they basically are saying you know what you are a guy we're gonna go ahead and put uh, Jordan Love on the the shelf if not trade him I kind of hope he gets traded so he gets another opportunity to play someplace else because right now the Packers saying we're sticking with Aaron and you know what Jordan Love could go ahead and uh, move on but it's a great move if you're a Packer fan you get a chance to get a He gives them the best opportunity to win. But at the same token, it's more pressure on Aaron. He's got to produce a championship at this point, at least one or two, because you got a big contract. Not only did you get a big contract, you got a lot of years invested in you. You also have Devontae Adams staking around. And another big thing about this move is I, I do believe Aaron does have a very good shot, and that is Tom Brady is allegedly, you know, whether he comes back or not is to be determined. But I I believe Aaron does have a very good shot of getting one, if not two, because of the fact that he doesn't have to deal with Tom Brady. I know we had a lot of discussions on our page about Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts, Aaron, on Aaron?
0: (laughs) Well, and I'm going to say this, uh, you know, from an analytical perspective, um, but then also from a biased Packers fan perspective. Going into last year, uh, I really felt like, you know, obviously Green Bay had drafted Jordan Love. It was a move that I was absolutely happy with when they made it. I was ready for them to move on. And I realized that Love has only played one game as a starter in his two years in the NFL. So his exposure to defenses coming at him and, you know, the defensive backs and the different looks they're going to give him on the defensive side is very minimal compared to any quarterback at this point. Um, But I go back to the game that changed it all for me. Green Bay in Kansas City. Kansas City blitzed uh, uh, Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers was out that game uh, with COVID. Um, They blitzed Jordan Love 17 times in that game, and he was just off his game. And he didn't look like the quarterback that they had drafted. Now, granted, any quarterback gets blitzed that many times. They're going to be off their game a little bit. It's going to happen. Um, But – Green Bay looks like a totally different team with Aaron Rodgers not in there. And this is why, again, the same argument I made for why he should have been the MVP and why he was. Um, definitely the MVP. You take him out, they don't have a chance. <laughs> it just That's the way it is. So I hope Jordan Love, um, you know, I love to, love to see him stick around long enough to, to take the reins at some point. But, you know, you give Rodgers four years, three of which are guaranteed at this point, um, you know, you're, you're going all in to win a Super Bowl. That's what this is all about. At this point, you're, you're trying to get a Super Bowl. And Jordan Love, you know, I, I don't think they're going to get a lot for him. It maybe a second or a third round pick, but let him go to another team. Maybe he goes to a team where he has a chance to compete for a starting position. Um, he proves some things. Look, here, here's something that's a fact about Green Bay quarterback history. Um Green Bay has, in the last 30 years, only had two primary starting quarterbacks. Brett Favre from 92 until... 2007 and then from 2008 until present Aaron Rodgers so it's one of the longest streaks in the history of the NFL something that doesn't happen very often but you go back to the 90s and you look at all the quarterbacks that went through Green Bay ended up moving on to another team and ultimately being Pro Bowl super successful quarterbacks you look at Matt Hasselbeck who was really great in Seattle uh, Mark Brunell, who was one of my favorite quarterbacks in Jacksonville for Several years, uh, Pro Bowl quarterback, great player. You had um, Matt Flynn, who was there ten, twelve years ago. You um, also had a lot of people don't remember this. Kurt Warner was originally a backup, like he was like a fourth string quarterback in the mid nineties on uh, the Packers. So they developed good good players, and a lot of that honestly was people don't remember this too, John Gruden and uh, Andy Reid were quarterback coaches in the Packers organization in the mid-90s as well. So they helped develop some of those guys. So I, I can see Jordan Love going to, uh, uh, you know, possibly a New Orleans or, you know, if uh, Deshaun Watson gets moved out of Houston, possibly going to Houston and having an opportunity to, to show what he's all about. And maybe he fits one of those systems and who knows, maybe he has a great career.
2: Yeah, I hope he does. I mean, he's a young kid. I, I definitely hope he gets an opportunity someplace, somewhere, because he deserves it. I mean, when I say he deserves it, he's been in the league now a few years. Give him an opportunity because you're not getting any younger, and I, I yeah. think yeah.
0: that's the best move for him at this point. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a handful of places that are going to need quarterbacks. I mean, look, you got got, uh, you know, Roethlisberger retired in Pittsburgh. So you got an opening there. Uh, there was an opening with the commanders in Washington, but they uh, got uh, Carson Wentz. Now that's, that's a, a player that, you know, is kind of disappointing uh, to be real honest with you. He got drafted in the first round by the Eagles uh, several years ago. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, kind of bounce around. Uh was with, of course, the Colts just this one year and then gets traded to, to Washington. Now, Good thing for him. He's in an organization that needs a quarterback. They've been looking for a veteran type of player, um, somebody who can be a leader. And I think Carson Wentz is definitely a a leader type. Um, As long as he can stay healthy, I think that's a good situation. And And happy to see Washington Washington finally finally move forward in a positive direction. So maybe that will be a good fit for for both him and for them.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's a good move for Carson Wentz. I feel as if he's going to help out the commanders. And I, I think it's, it's all an up and up with him going there. I just think that I don't feel as if where he was at, he proposed the best help for the team. And I think he's going to really help out Washington where he's at.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be yeah. a good fit. Uh, health Health will be the – the key thing, for sure. I mean, that's going to be any uh, any place, but I, I think that's a good uh, good solid move. And you know, again, if you're Washington, you probably wouldn't be uh, a bad idea at least to bring in a second quarterback as a backup. I mean, you, you never know. If he goes down and gets injured, you got to have somebody who's willing to, to you know step right in and, and be able to you know fill the the gap, if you will. Um, the other big move that happened uh, yesterday. Uh, where it was a Wednesday, was uh, finally, after all these years, Russell Wilson getting traded to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos were very, very much in on Aaron Rodgers. That was really probably their number one choice was to, to make a deal for him. But they sent a huge amount of draft picks, uh, you know, future draft picks, rather, over to um, over to Seattle. But Denver's in a position – kind of like they were 10 years ago when they ended up getting Payne Manning. You know, they were one guy away. They're, they're kind of what the Bucks were two years ago. They're one one key player away from really making a run. And I think the Broncos are going to be in a really good position to challenge Kansas City this next year. Um, and I think Russell Wilson is going to be a great fit there. And the fans are going to absolutely love him in Denver.
2: Yeah, I think he is going to be a great fit. And I think I don't think he'll have any issue with getting respect from the players. I don't think he'll have any issue getting respect from the fans. I think the fans in Denver will love him. To give a context of what the trade included, the quarterback, Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris, they go to the Seahawks as part of the trade also. What was included was two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, and one fifth-rounder. And what Denver got in return was Russell Wilson in a fourth rounder. So definitely Denver gave up a whole lot to get Russell. I think this is a move that it's Super Bowl or bus. You got to understand like that's a big kind of expectation to have. But when you're giving up that much to get one player, you're basically saying we're selling out to win a Super Bowl. I would have to say Russell will have to win a Super Bowl at least within the next two to three years max because that's a lot. Having said that, I think this is a very good move for Denver, but it also feels as if it was a great move for Russell, too. I feel as if this was in the talks with Seattle with him moving. The fact that he actually is making a move and it's now done, I think it's better for Russell. And I, I think he'll be able to play a little bit better because of that. And when you have that weight of whether you're going or not, it kind of becomes a distraction. And Russell is the type of guy that, if you give him some weapons and he doesn't have to throw it to a Tyler Lockett, one guy, I feel as if Russell will be a lot more effective, plus giving him some room back there, you know, giving him some more time to throw. I I agree with you. I think I could see him getting a Super Bowl within the next two to three years. But I, I feel as if with the right movement and the right pieces I could actually see Denver getting a Super Bowl before I could see Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think it depends. I mean, they still have other pieces they need to get there. They still have to complete uh, there in Denver. Um, I think the team that also benefits from this, too, let's not forget the Seahawks. I mean, they get two first-round picks, one this year, one next year. And, you know, I don't know if Pete Carroll is going to remain coaching there beyond this uh, coming season. But, you know, this is a good chance for them to kind of retool and rebuild and refresh their – their team, um, they've been kind of disappointing the last two, three years uh, overall. Um, a lot of talent that just didn't really pan out, unfortunately. And um, I think from their perspective, they, I think probably, they win no matter what. No matter no matter if Denver wins with Russell Wilson or not. Whether they win a Super Bowl or they don't, Seattle comes out in a good position because they took like a player who is kind of, I don't want to say it's at the end of his career, but they took a player whose peak is either at the end or very close to at the end, and they they got a value out of him. That's always a good thing. Yeah, definitely I would have to say they gave up
2: a lot to give him. Seattle Seattle got a lot in return to give up for Russell. I I would even say they actually gave up the Seattle that is (laughs) – they they actually gave up a bit more than I I thought they would. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about Denver. I'm sorry, Denver. Denver ended up getting a very sweet deal. I mean, they I mean they got Russell and they only had to give up a fourth round pick, where Seattle had to give a, a whole lot. You know, two first rounders and two second rounders and a fifth rounder. Yeah. Plus they ended up getting Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. So. That's the reason why I think Denver is okay with that type of move, provided they get a Super Bowl within the next two to three years. I think if you didn't – by you giving up this much real estate to get Russell and you don't get a Super Bowl within that time frame, it was a colossal fail. That's how much you gave up to get Russell. And I agree with you. I feel as if Russell is already at his peak or a little bit past his peak. I don't feel as if what we've seen, what we've seen for Russell, I think as much, and he's a workaholic, he works hard, and no disrespect to to Russell. I love what he does on and off the field. He's definitely an exemplary guy, both on and off, but I do feel as if we probably have already seen the best of Russell already. And is that enough to win a Super Bowl? I believe Russell does have enough to win a Super Bowl, but it's to be determined. I, I think this is a risky move, giving up that much to get Russell.
0: Well, you know, there's an old saying, go big or go home. Uh, and I think that, that <laughs> honestly, if you want to look at both the, what the Packers did with Rodgers and, and what the um, what the Broncos did with, uh, with Wilson, it's no different than what Tampa did with Tom Brady two years ago. You have a team that, you know, a little bit different in Green Bay just because you already had him there. But you had an opportunity there to, okay, we're going to go with the younger player or we're going to go with the established star who's already won. And also has been an MVP three times or four times um, in the league. So I, I think going all in, I like it because it shows the team, it shows the organization, it shows the fans. Hey, we know that this might not work, but we would rather put all our chips to the middle of the table and bank on what we have rather than kind of take moves and, to me, the window to win in the NFL, especially nowadays, three to five years tops for, for most teams. And sometimes you can get a situation where, after that window ends, a year or two of kind of mediocre play, and then you can get right back in it again. They've kind of made it more, you know, established now. Unless you're Detroit or, you know, Cleveland. But Cleveland's gotten a little bit better, of course, over the last several years, but. You know, unless you're one of these teams that just notoriously loses like Detroit every year, every team's got a pretty good shot. every team has the same ability to sign players the 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 money's the same for every team, so it's just making the right decisions and, and smart choices um so i I look at both Denver and Green Bay look, you got a window in the next two three four years. Let's go ahead and see if we can get something done during that time and you go all in and Denver has been through this before. Ten years ago, they acquired Peyton Manning. And look, first year, ironically, first year, they're in the Super Bowl. They're playing against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They lose to him. He gets back there again, of course, uh, a year or so later and and ends up winning one with Peyton Manning. But um, we'll see how it plays out. I think both these teams are in great spots. And it wouldn't be a shock in the next two, three years if maybe they play each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it
2: wouldn't be. And definitely, I hope they do. I mean, they definitely – Showing that they want to win, and that's the thing. When you're at least giving the fans the best opportunity to have a winner, then you can't ask anything more than that. I do believe Denver's improved definitely on the quarterback position. Is you know, I do like Drew Locke, but he's not Russell Wilson. I de- they definitely did improve in the QB position. And I, I do feel as if they're kind of like Green Bay. You You have to win a championship because – You know, you're right. Aaron was already there, but at the same token, you gave a lot of money to get Aaron for this new contract. But even aside that, you gave up a lot of years. I was more surprised with the four-year agreement. Did 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 that surprise you, the length of term?
0: No, and I I say that because, you know, Rogers has a good history uh, of staying healthy. I mean, in the league, 15 years, um, has never really had any – Major injuries. Look, he played through a broken toe this past year or a sprained toe. Um, that's not an easy thing to to be able to even just do day to day stuff with. So um, his his um, health has been one of the cornerstones of his career. He's not, you know, you look at him versus Carson Wentz, who has had a lot of injuries. I wouldn't have given him a four year deal for sure. Um, but Rogers has, has a, a track record, and he seems to have kind of gotten better with age for the most part. So I think this is actually. Not that big a surprise. Okay, so that's that's definitely
2: is good. Yep, yeah, his, his his tenure is is very good. He, does, he doesn't get injured, you know, too much. He's been relatively healthy. And I, you know, what now is the opportunity to get your shine on. I I feel as if if out of all the moves, the move that really puts their team I feel as if is a leg above everyone else is definitely Green Bay, because they got. Adam's back. You got Rodgers back. Unless Brady throws, hail hey, Mary comes back, you don't have to deal with Brady again. That is a plus side for you. So I think they have a a, a little bit easier road to get there. Not that getting winning Super Bowl is easy, but you have a, a tick or two easier. Let's just be, be frank. I think
0: they, they need to really
2: put up a, a clip within a couple of years.
0: Well, let's be honest, too. Had this been a one-year deal for Rodgers, or even a two-year deal at that, we'd potentially be dealing with the same drama again in one or two years. So I think that the minimum of three puts him right about 40 contract ends, r- roughly in the 40-41. I mean, that's, that's prime for a, a star quarterback like him. Brady was still doing this at 44. Um, look at some of the other quarterbacks who played well into their you know, age 40-ish type of season. So not really a big surprise, um, and, and I think the fact is, is Rodgers is still hungry. He wants to prove that he's not just an MVP, but he's, he's got the ability to lead a team to the Super Bowl. I agree. He's got to win one. He's got to at least get to another one um, at minimum, and I, I think that, um, you know, I think that Green Bay did the right thing in terms of going with the proven piece, and Rodgers wanted to be in, in Green Bay, so I'm glad that he is staying. Yeah, yeah, I know you're
2: happy. <laughs> you're very <laughs> happy about that. So definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, congratulations to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But one move that I think uh, we really should talk about, or I guess lack of move, is Colin Kaepernick. He's still working out. He still has interest in playing the NFL. What are your thoughts on a team There are some openings, and there are some needs. What are the thoughts of bringing in Colin Kaepernick?
0: Well, I think if a team's going to bring him in, um, he's not on the same level as those other three guys we just talked about because he hasn't played in the league in, what, five years. So I think that if somebody brings him in, it's kind of the way that the um, the Panthers brought back uh, uh, Cam Newton last year. You you bring him in, put him in a position where he has – to, to battle for the job. And I think those are always the better ones anyways, when you have to, to fight for the job, because typically when you're battling for a position, you typically play your best. So I think that if he gets an opportunity, I know there's possible spots. Tampa is a, is a good potential. Um, yeah. you know, Washington could be one too. Um, even though they've picked up Carson Wentz, you, you give some, some competitiveness there. That could be a, a, a spot, uh, Houston, um, you know, New Orleans. I mean, there. I could go through a whole list of teams here that could be a potential uh, fit for him. So um, I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, to see him, uh, to see him find somewhere uh, in the next month or so. I know that the the most likely he's going to be one of the later quarterbacks that goes when there's movement. It's probably going to be guys that have played more recently that are going to go first. And then we'll see kind of where the the dominoes fall and where the pieces fit at that point. But I, I looked through the list. There's, several places and he even go up to Seattle where where they just traded away Wilson that might be another good fit for him because that offense style is kind of what he uh, is used to when he played in San Francisco years ago so I think there's I think there's going to be somebody out there who will will give him an opportunity and I think that he'll you know whatever happens happens I'm sure but I, I think that he'll he'll get an opportunity and we'll see where things go
2: yeah, I I think he might actually get an opportunity. I agree with you because at first I know there's a couple of media personnel that said no way, no how that ship has sailed. It's been I guess getting close to six years where he last played, if not six. But the thing about it is twenty seventeen so I ev- believe. Yeah, there's so much availability that's needed this year, the timing actually might be just right. And I agree with you, if you do let a guy like Colin Kaepernick in, you can sign a deal like what what ended up happening with Cam. Get in a sitting a latent contract. You're not paying him a lot. You know, if you're getting a Carson Wentz, as you mentioned, some of the other guys, the big guys in the lead, Deshaun Watson, you're gonna be paying a lot of money and football is a business. So you can be getting a guy like Colin Kaepernick on a dollar. You bring him in for a workout. You give him an incentive. You first check him out, see how he looks at the workout. If it's all positive, which unless Colin messes up, I think it probably will be all positive. Then you as long you know, as he doesn't move that workout, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't move the workout. He doesn't have any drama-filled. Yeah. You know? yeah. and, and, and to your point with that is, if you're Colin Kaepernick and you come into the league at this point, you have to understand that the league is kind of trying to force you out. So if you do agree to a workout and somebody gives it opportunity, do it drama-free. If, yeah. if they want media there, let them have media there. If they don't want media there, don't let media there. Stop making it about your cause, and you can get back into the league. So if you just do it drama-free, I really want an opportunity to play the league then let that be shown that you want an opportunity to play, not making political statements. Go ahead and work out. Do your very best. They are going to probably, if they do offer your contract, it is going to be performance latent. You might get a million or two, and it's based on performance because you haven't been playing in the league over five years. You can't expect you to get top dollar. Yeah, I think if you really position yourself in the right moves, you're Colin Kaepernick, I do believe you have a great shot of making it back into the league. It's really on you.
0: But I will say this, just given that he, it's hard enough for a guy to, to be not a starter for a year and then try to come back. If it doesn't happen this year, then I agree with those other assessments that the ship has sailed. If you get to six years out of, out of being a, an NFL quarterback, whether you're a starter or a backup and you haven't played in that much time, it's really going to be a hard thing to do. I mean, there's not many guys I can think of off the top of my head that have left for that many years and then come back and done it so this is kind of the the last hurrah in my opinion for him I'm not saying that he gets signed this year and doesn't play beyond it I'm just saying if he doesn't get signed this season it's probably time to you know move forward and do something different of course so I
2: agree and the reason why I say that is because the stars have kind of lined up and the moon is lined up in your favor that there's so much need now for a quarterback. There was some need a few years ago, but I don't feel like it's the way it is now. I feel as if the need for quarterbacks across the league is pretty high. So somebody who's really aggressive, really wants to take a look at it, I think a deal can be made. I know I know somebody else in the media was very, very skeptical. That they already said that the ship has sailed. I, I don't know if I would be that negative and that reassuring. I think we've seen it before where guys – have gotten chances again and again and again in NFL as long as you can play. And I feel as if
0: with Colin Kaepernick, he, he would be in that bunch. My only skepticism on him as far as, you know, having been out of the league since either 16 or 17 was the last year he played as a starter with San Francisco. Is just his, 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 you know, vision. Look, defenses have changed a lot in the last five years. NFL changes every year. So how behind is he on reading defenses and, you know, the playbook and those sorts of things? Those are things you got to get acclimated to, um, especially if you're getting a new system. So that would be my only skepticism on him because he has got a great arm. I mean, I remember when he was, uh, I want to say 2013 or 2014, he's got a cannon for an arm. So I'm sure that probably hasn't gone away. It's just how accurate is that going to be? Um, will he still have his reads like he had before? Those are the things that I'd be skeptical on, but of course, that's what the scouts are going to look at. They're going to say, "Okay, we see he maybe lags a little bit here. We need to work on this." Or, you know, there's all those things that'll be analyzed, I'm sure, by the uh, by the experts. And you know, whoever picks him up, I'm sure will be making a, a smart decision. So,
2: yeah, I definitely do. I, I think I think Colin can help out a team. We would love him as a guest here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show, and talk about his potential of coming back into league and other things. But yeah, I definitely do think, you know, people have become more understanding and the league has, I would say moved on from the kneeling thing in a way. So I definitely do think there's an opportunity for Colin and I definitely hope he does get an opportunity. I'm actually, a, a hoping hope an does get an opportunity to come back into the league.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think this is the year that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen this year. Now, speaking of a guy who will not be playing in the NFL in 2022, that would be uh, Atlanta's Calvin Ridley, um, banned for a year at minimum for betting on football. And I don't know how you feel about this one. I mean, we, we talked for many, many shows about Pete Rose and his lifetime ban from baseball for betting on Reds games and apparently, uh, allegedly at least, uh, Ridley was ban- uh, was betting on uh, Falcons games. What are your thoughts? Is this too much of a penalty, too little of a penalty, or should he be banned for life?
2: You know, I did some research into Mr. Ridley and Calvin Ridley in this situation with betting. And to be quite frank with you, Aaron, I hate to say it like this, but I think him getting a year, he should consider himself lucky. because I offense offense of this magnitude he's lucky if he's not pete rose he is done entirely for his nfl career
0: so for him to be a year out i think he should well, i think it's less- i think it's still up for up up for um decision by the nfl i think they they basically said a minimum of a year so it could actually go further than that i think they just when, when rose was Banned in 1989. I don't think initially they said it was a lifetime ban. I think it was supposed to be a year at, at the very beginning, and then they went back and ruled on it later on. So, um, this is one of those probably to be continued type of things. And I personally believe that, that uh, this. This is my my feelings on it. If you're betting on your own team, then it's no different than like a, a, a judge or someone in law enforcement that takes a bribe to you know obviously it's a different thing i'm not saying those are exactly the same things but the same principle in terms of you're you're taking money you're taking a benefit to potentially shift the results of of an event or uh, some sort of occurrence so in my mind you've committed the ultimate sin against the, the sport that you play in the lifetime ban seems to me to be a more appropriate thing unfortunately i hate to say that but that, that's that's
2: what other sports
0: have had happen before. I mean, you go back to the, to the 1919, uh, Black Fox, uh, with, uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson and that whole group that got banned for life, um, for throwing games. And then of course, Pete Rose, um, 30 plus years ago for betting on Reds games. So to me, it's hard. It's, I mean, it's, it's terrible for him, but you know, you, you commit the crime, you got to pay the price, unfortunately. And, um, I've read a lot of comments online, and one that really threw me uh, for just a complete, like, I can't believe somebody would be silly enough to say this. You know, one of the things that's changed a lot, gambling on sports used to be illegal. It was definitely frowned upon at one point. Now you've got all these different, you know, sites that you can bet on games on a daily basis, and you can win daily money and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not personally someone who would do that. To each their own and we always talk about on the show we give our picks do not use our picks as your as your as your gambling because we don't want that coming back on us we're
1: not uh you know <laughs> take the
0: liability for that for sure so um but the, the comment that i read was well why can't he gamble on the games people can gamble on the games themselves well you and i don't have any influence on buccaneers or the packers or the cowboys or the Dolphins or whoever's playing, we have no influence on them whatsoever. And we obviously denote that when we make our picks. This is a player, a little bit different. He's a player for one of those teams and he's betting on himself or betting against himself or whatever persuasion that he had for whatever game he bet on. That's a lot different. You can throw the results of that game so that somebody makes money. It's like insider trading. So I just thought that was a really moronic comment that that person made on I'm not even sure what page it was, but it just it kind of made me think like people don't really look into the actual like, you know, the, the actual uh, facts of something sometimes before they make a dumb comment. <laughs> so that person yeah. definitely needed to do a little bit more research before they open their mouth and put their foot in.
2: Exactly, and that's why I wanted to make sure something of this magnitude in this series is if this penalty was fair. Having said that, I looked at what – Calvin Ridley said Calvin Ridley basically took a break from football because of mental health so he wasn't actually playing and he bet on it was basically two or three online bets the amount was 1500 bucks I hear what he's saying that he doesn't have a gambling problem these were not major bets I hear that but to me that's still inexcusable it clearly states in every locker room do not bet on games. The NFL Now, I even did some additional research, the NFL Now has partnered up with a lot of these betting agencies because they said, like, you know what, we can't stop it anymore. We're just going to kind of join in with you. And because they have joined in with some of these gambling revenues, the NFL Now gets additional referral sharing that they get with the players. And the main part of this is that the game is built with integrity somebody who's not who's not who's on a team doesn't bet because yes you weren't playing calvin i get you you weren't an active player on the team and you bet on your team but yes you can text one of your boys hey make sure you drop two or three put- balls because i bet on the team to win or make sure you go ahead and do something you shouldn't you normally wouldn't do because i bet it can jeopardize the integrity of the game. And what Calvin Ridley did was inexcusable. Like you said, to your point, it's like insider trading. So I hope for his sake, it's only a year, maybe a year and a half, two years. But if it's anything less than a lifetime ban, I would consider himself to be lucky. And I don't feel as if Calvin Ridley, I hope he does hear this, understands that what you did was wrong. You basically jeopardized $11 million and your career for a little lousy $1,500 bet that most of our, most regular people can afford to lose. I mean, you know, you shouldn't want to lose 1500 bucks, but still you, you made a very poor decision and it may have cost you your career and it's really not worth it always. And I want to make this point too to a lot of the NFL players, a lot of the athletes that you always, before you make a decision of gambling or making a decision of these type of things, ask yourself: Is the risk worth the reward? Am I paying fifteen hundred dollars? Is the risk worth the reward of me getting ten thousand dollars, whatever it is, versus me losing a year on my career in the NFL? Most chances, are not. Just don't do it. No, that's a good
0: uh, good way to, you know, structure your. Uh, habits. No, I, I agree with that 100%. It's not worth. Uh, and, and think about it this way too: fifteen hundred bucks versus what a NFL player makes, even league minimum. You know, they're making. I think it's like six hundred thousand dollars. It might be more than that now. Uh, a season. I mean, that's like one snap, fifteen hundred bucks. So, I get it. It's 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 Trump change to them. It doesn't mean anything. Um, it, it's it's you know pennies in the couch cushion, if you will, compared to you know what they make. But at the same time. You know, very good point there. 1500 bucks is not worth my whole career um, at the end of the day. So um, – and, you know, sometimes guys just don't think and, and or they, they thought, hey, it was going to be something that wasn't going to be a big deal, and it comes back to bite them. And for uh, for Calvin Ridley in 2022, it's definitely going to uh, bite him in being able to play. And, of course, now he's not going to be making any money this year, uh, at least as a player. So, um, you know, that's going to be a tough thing on him. A lot of um, – NFL moves will probably be made here. It's kind of a battle back and forth right now because normally MLB free agency has essentially wound down. At this point of the year, it usually happens in you know December and January. Obviously, the lockout had a uh, huge impact on that this year. So over the next week, we're going to see NFL and MLB big-time moves happening, um, and we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about here again next week, which is good. It keeps us uh, busy here on our show in terms of things that we talk about um moving right along though to a little bit uh of a different pace sport and that is golf and both of us love tiger woods tiger woods is the babe ruth of golf uh for lack of a better description or the michael jordan of golf however you want to look at it um he's in the hall of fame how about that tiger woods great guy i'd love to have him on the show sometime tiger if you're listening if any of tiger's people are listening Get him on our show. we got to have him on here. Um, just a marvelous career. I remember watching his first Masters in 1997. Hard to believe it has been 25 years ago now. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Tiger going into the Hall of Fame? You know what? It is definitely something that it, he should be really
2: proud of. This guy did a lot for the game. He transcended golf. Golf is so popular now, and a lot of that has to do with Tiger Woods, he made golf cool. Before Tiger Woods, golf, a lot of people viewed it as a very uppity, you know, for, for the lack of the obvious that mostly is played by white males. He made golf cool to just about anybody. Women, men, races of all colors. You go to the golf course now, a lot of times, especially now that the weather is nice and it's not too hot here in Florida, it's, it's just perfect it's crowded and it's the reason it wouldn't be like this if it wasn't for Tiger Woods, a guy who just, you know what? I love what he said at his speech. Uh, a lot of people look at Tiger and they look at the glory. They look at the, the masters, the championships, the pump Fists, the wins. But a lot of people don't realize that there was a lot of sacrifice that he made at a very young age to be the guy that he is now, the adult. I love that. He, he talked about how it started his family did not have the financial means for him to even be in the amateurs to play golf. They had to take out a second mortgage on the home in order to kind of fund his career. And they believed in him. So they did it and it paid dividends because he got noticed. Then he got basically got a scholarship to go to Stanford. He said he would not have gotten that had they did not make the sacrifice with the second second mortgage and as soon as he was financially able to, he paid the mortgage off. But that's the thing. Tiger Woods what I also loved about what he said is that, hey, one thing is for you to work hard and achieve something, but always remember if you didn't put the work in, you didn't earn it. Nothing's gonna be given to you. You gotta scratch and fight for everything. And you could see almost his dad saying that, if you know anything about Earl. And, yes, yeah. Tiger Woods has had kind of like a, a rocky road type of thing, a roller coaster, both the highs and lows. I'd have to say he's been ex- he experienced the both, the highs and lows. And a lot of times you feel as if he was a triumph, but also you feel as if some of the things that is, he's been through has been a tragedy. Having said all that, for him to still be here and alive and accepting the Hall of Fame is a miracle because of what he's been through just over a year ago. Definitely, in my eyes, I understand that he hasn't caught Jack as far as the Masters, but in my opinion, that guy personifies golf. And even Jack, I feel, would even say Tiger's in a a league all of his own. To me, he's the true GOAT when it comes to golf. And his his input in career is unparalleled.
0: No, well said. Uh, Very well said. I don't think there's an athlete in our Lifetime, um, you know, you, you look back and think about previous generations. Uh, we, talk, you know, Jackie Robinson uh, would be certainly a, a very uh, big one, obviously for obvious reasons. Tiger, the same thing—the way he transited the sport, you know, he made it as popular as it is now. And you know, when I was a kid, and I'm sure you were probably this way too. The athlete that everybody wanted to be was Michael Jordan, and as i mentioned before he's the michael jordan of golf everybody goes out on the golf course and they i mean if you haven't heard the name tiger woods and you're playing golf then you were living on another planet so um you know what he has done and, and you know certainly just a couple of years ago winning that masters uh that he probably shouldn't have won it was it was kind of like hey is he ever going to win another major again and maybe that was his last one maybe it's not who knows but um You know, it was – everybody was rooting for him, whether you liked him or not. People who didn't like Tiger Woods were rooting for him because America likes a comeback story. So it was such a neat thing to see, and I hope he gets a chance to do it again. Whether he wins one or not, I'd I'd just love to see him get out there and play again because, um, you know, it's a great story. And I don't think there's an athlete that works harder at their craft. I mean, including Tom Brady, including Michael Jordan when he was in his heyday, uh, including, you know, any baseball player out there. I don't think there's anybody that has worked harder to do what they do than Tiger Woods has in his career. And um, certainly it's been a great one to watch. It has been, I've been, I've been blessed to watch him win a
2: lot of these to win 15 majors. And you're right to your point, even he would admit, that's one of the things that was cool about Tiger. I think in his later years when he got like past his forties, I feel as if he's more transparent now. Before you kind of felt as if he was saying the right things for the camera, not really being himself. I think now he's letting more of his personality and what he really feels inside. He'll even admit it winning that 15th master's. I stole, I stole a major. Like I I shouldn't have won it, but I, you know, it came down to the end. I was looking at it and I was like, you know what? I have a good shot of winning this tournament. Don't mess it up. That was, you know, being real. Don't mess it up. And he didn't. He, he he got it. I hope he does get another major, but if he doesn't, that's to be determined. If he doesn't, you know, play in that higher level and doesn't get another master tournament, it just goes to show me that he doesn't need to. He's I'm already thoroughly impressed of what he's done on, on the golf course and I have to thank him being a black male that's also very similar to, to Tiger. He's half black, half Asian, I'm half black, half Filipino. So I have to thank him because he's paved the way. When you go to a golf course now, even when I go to private golf courses that are very exclusive, I don't feel awkward or I don't feel bad. And I feel as if Tiger paved the way he did because you go to these golf courses that you're outnumbered, you would feel awkward. Hey, you know, people looking at you differently. I don't really, I I can honestly say that and I hope I never feel that, that someone is discriminating me because of my color, but Nowadays, it's, it's more accepted that you can have an already play golf, and I owe that a lot to Tiger. Yes, I agree with you 150%, Aaron. We need to get Tiger on our show. If you're listening to Tiger Woods, we would love to have you as a guest on our show. It would be phenomenal. I think you'll enjoy yourself and enjoy your time here in the Allen Aaron Sports a great show. It's all positive. And you know what? Continue success. And all that you do, even if it's – whether it's on the golf course or not, it's really a choice. But, hey, phenomenal career. If anybody deserves to be the Hall of Famer in golf, it's you. I'm so glad you get a chance to
0: be inducted. You deserve it. Yeah, no, absolutely for sure. So so we're uh, getting down to the end here tonight. It's been a great show. Glad uh, getting baseballs back, get all the football moves, Tigers in the Hall of Fame. Uh, What do we have at the end here tonight, Alan? Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Uh,
2: I did want to go ahead and thank the interviewers that I did have this past week, Nader Hamden, former pro boxer, and we also did have Scott Brower as well as you got to check out those interviews there on our Facebook page, link them to our YouTube page and, and definitely want to thank them. They were both great interviews. I did want to go ahead and, apologize. We did have a former guest on our show. His name is Jeff Finnick. His name is, if you watch how it's written, it's not pronounced the way it's written. I did make that mistake. I did mispronounce his name during the interview, during the one with Nader Hamden. He did bring it out to me. So Jeff Finnick, I am very, very sorry. I apologize. Somebody on YouTube called it out. Of course, somebody's going to notice it. People always want to Bring out the, the the negatives. They did say the interview is great, but they did notice I did. <laughs> I did mispronounce that name. I did make the mistake. So Jeff Finnick, who was a guest on our show, I sincerely apologize. And I did want to say to Jeff Finnick, to my condolences, go out to your friend's loss, to your the loss of your friend. So Jeff Finnick, I apologize. I won't mispronounce your name again. That was my bad. So I did want to say my apologies to Jeff Fiddick. And I did want to thank Glenn Earnshaw for setting up those interviews. Also, I did want to thank Scott Brower for definitely those, the great interview that he did and sharing our post, too. And I uh, definitely want to thank Chef G's barbecue sauce for being so delicious. I tried all four. They're all great. I'm not going to divulge which one is my favorite. I want you guys to <laughs> make a comment and link. And great. Thank you so much for being a sponsor of our show, Chef G's Barbecue Sauce.
0: But that that's all I have. Yeah, definitely. And again, uh, happy to have our very first uh, show sponsor. That's a big milestone in our uh, just over two years on the air now. Um, and so a uh, great show here tonight. Uh, I want to thank our, Uh, Our uh, frequent guest, Lou, uh, for coming on here this evening. And, of course, um, everyone for listening in. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Shoot us a line on our Facebook page. Comment on something. Uh, We'd love to get you on the air. You can always call in, too, if there's something that we aren't talking about or something you want to talk about that we are talking about. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll certainly um, have you on the air in the future. So I want to thank everybody tonight uh, for – uh, for Alan, this is Aaron. Signing off. Everybody, have a great evening.
1: Thank you for listening to the Alan and Aaron Sports Blog podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.